0: This was the best Star Wars that I've seen since Revenge of the Sith. It was absolutely amazing. It was everything I hoped it would have been. And I think Dave Filoni has proven time and time again that he should be running more stories and more films at Star Wars. So right off the bat, let's get into the breakdown and begin. Now you're probably wondering the title of this episode being The Jedi is pointing towards Ahsoka Tano. Actually, I think it's pointing towards the child since we find out that he was a Jedi. Whose name, I'm going to say it right off the bat because you already saw the episode, is Grogu, which has really grown on me. As we enter this episode, it wastes absolutely no time at all getting into action. I thought Ahsoka would show up maybe later, somewhere near the end, but within the first 20 seconds, there she is, we see those iconic white sabers and their famous... Hum, slicing through those scout guards. This was the first time we've ever seen Ahsoka in live action and let me tell you it was really beautiful to see. You can check out my reaction and rewatch the watch party if you want from last night or midnight I guess, with over 21,000 of you there showing up to watch as a community. Ahsoka speaks to the magistrate as she orders her to release the prisoners and tells her that she has one day to comply before she returns. Mando heads to Corvus and after some traveling he comes across the town that we saw Ahsoka previously. As Mando enters the city after confirming that he's part of the guild, which I should say has more strict rules and regulations than if if you're just a regular off-worlder or drifter, so he can be seen as slightly more trustworthy, since he belongs to a code of rules and regulations. As Mando heads to talk to the magistrate, he learns that the town is pretty much held hostage. We see slaves confined and subjected to electric shocks, where finally Mando walks through the gates to speak to her. The Magistrate gives Din the bounty of killing the Jedi Ahsoka Tano. She offers a Beskar spear as his reward, which is resistant to lightsaber attacks. Now this to me is foreshadowing, making me think that he's going to be fighting someone with a lightsaber or a darksaber. Mando asks where to find this Jedi and goes off to find Ahsoka. Now of course he's just doing this so that he could learn of her location. He has no intention of actually killing her, not that he could anyways. As we see the barren forest land of Corvus, a lot of people on Twitter are wondering if this is the same planet that Kylo was fighting on in episode 9. It's actually not. So this is Corvus and that one was Mustafar, that's where Anakin lost to Obi-Wan and where Vader had his castle. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to mention this huge Easter egg that a lot of you mentioned in the Watch Party. This right here is the owl from the clone wars this is morai this is the daughter now for those who haven't watched the clone wars then you'll want to watch this video that i made on her a long time ago it explains everything about her that you need to know and i will link it down below as well as the son and the father i'll summarize for you morai was the daughter of mortis the embodiment of the light side of the force she gave her last dying breath to save ahsoka from her brother's curse the son. Who was the embodiment of the dark side. It's a super cool arc in the Clone Wars, go check out the series if you haven't, and you can watch my videos on each character if you want further backstory and explanation. Ahsoka shows up and fights the Mando. If it had gone on any longer, he'd have easily died. That's why he says her name and tells her, yo, Bo-Katan sent me. She looks over to Baby Yoda, and that's when it all begins. Ahsoka and the child talk over the moonlight. It's a beautiful scene directed by Dave Filoni, and really captivates the mysticism and magic of that evening. This is where we get the reveal that Baby Yoda's actual name is Grogu, and she says that they can feel each other's thoughts. Now get this, Grogu was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. He was born at the same time, or around the exact same time, as Anakin Skywalker. So when Anakin was at the Jedi Temple when he was 9 years old, so was Grogu. Now having been trained at the Jedi Temple, Grogu was trained by many masters over the years, and as you can imagine, his long lifespan he would have to be trained by many. Definitely trained by Yoda at some point, if not Yoda being his actual father with Yaddle. Now I'm thinking here that Yoda and Yaddle got together and this defies the laws of the Jedi Order to, you know, not have romantic relationships. But what if it's kind of like ki mundi who was a Syrian Jedi that had a species that was becoming extinct. So the Jedi Order allowed him to actually have different wives, several wives, really, according to his species rules anyways, which said that it was fine. Since they were going extinct, he had to do what he had to do and repopulate. So maybe this is the same kind of thing with Yoda and Yaddle. Who knows where he really comes from, but that's my guess. At the end of the Clone Wars, Grogu was hidden. Someone took him from the temple. Then his memory becomes dark. He was lost and alone. So, someone has taken his memory, and I think there are three people here who we could possibly theorize on. The first one being Mace Windu. Perhaps Mace went directly to the temple after he fell and collected Grogu, knowing that Palpatine would surely want to take him eventually once he found him. Or, second one, it was actually Palpatine himself who had taken him and that's why his memory is dark. Because maybe he tried to wipe his mind of things. Vital things that had to do with the experiments done on Grogu. Or... Jocasta nu took him, the librarian. Now she could have taken him, and when she died months after Revenge of the Sith to Vader, which I've covered in a video from the Marvel comics, which I'll also link down below for you, Grogu was on his own and he had to suppress his powers heavily in order to survive, just like Obi-Wan and Yoda did so that the Empire will not find him. Now of course, eventually Grogu came into the contact of the cloners. Dr. Pershing being a cloner. A fourth and final theory of someone who may have found Grogu was that maybe he was found by a clone. Maybe a good clone. Maybe Gregor? Maybe Wolf? Or maybe Yoda himself found him when he went back to the temple. Maybe Grogu is so small that he can just hide somewhere and not be found during Order 66. Anyways, the next day Ahsoka trains Grogu or at least tries. She failed to get him to summon the stone where Mando tries to get him to summon the knob of the ship's shifter, which Grogu is obsessed with. It works and Grogu takes the knob with the force. Ahsoka realizes that they have a strong bond, more like father and son, and says that she can't train him for his attachment to Din is too strong. Now, her entire tone shifts here, and the episode in general, when she tells him that she's seen what attachments do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. She is referring to Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side due to his attachment to Padme, and trying to save her from dying in childbirth, all after not being strong enough to save his own mother from death. Now, which I would argue was just a dream put into his head by Palpatine, Another theory for another time. Din makes a deal with her, that she promises to train the child if he helps her defeat the village who hired him to kill her. She agrees, and they head to the village. A Jedi and a Mandalorian fighting together. The next few scenes are filled with epicness that us Clone Wars fans have been dying to see in live action since the very beginning. We see a Lothcat, Cat, we see HK-87, which I was disappointed that they didn't call Amando a meatbag or something like that. But I mean, it's not HK-47, it's the HK-87, a different variant, so hey, at least we got something like that. Now the Lothcat, Cat, I feel like it's a flash forward to Ezra appearing somewhere. I'm not gonna go into details, but Ahsoka takes out the village and in this part here, This reminded me of the scene against Vader in Rebels, how she ignited her sabers. I feel like this was kind of a callback. Mando joins in, takes out the rest of the village, while she faces the Magistrate. She toys with her, and a lot of fans during the watch party were saying how it was lame that she didn't just destroy her. Two reasons here. First of all, Ahsoka is just toying with her so that she doesn't kill her right off the bat, because she needs to get information from her. And not to mention, the actor playing the Magistrate is actually Bruce Lee's goddaughter, Diana Lee. Santo. Now they fight a bit, and once she disarms the magistrate, she demands to know where her master is. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? So at this point, the episode just took another big shift. Thrawn is out there, and in Star Wars Rebels, we saw Ahsoka show up to Sabine to go find Ezra. Now, for those not in the loop, if you haven't watched Rebels, Thrawn is an alien species called the Chiss, and he is essentially the Star Wars version of Vulcans in Star Trek. Super calculating, super smart, and very efficient, very stoic beings. Thrawn and Ezra were yeeted into the Unknown Regions at the end of Rebels by the Pergil, the Space Whales, who could achieve hyperspace, and they transported the two with them to wherever they went. Many speculate that this episode falls directly behind where we saw Ahsoka in Rebels after the ending time jump as she went to meet Sabine to find Ezra. This would make a lot of sense, as she now learns of Thrawn's location from the Magistrate, and therefore able to find Ezra. But it could also be well after that, which is where I kind of get confused. Now online, it says that this all takes place around the same time, and I'm basing this off of how old Jason Syndulla was in that time jump in Rebels, to which I think he was about six years old, which is also what the internet says, but The internet is never accurate, really. And that includes me. Now this would be around the exact time that this episode is happening. The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, but with this being season two, I imagine it's leading into that six year mark almost. Anyways, the village is freed and Mando goes to fetch Grogu to give him up to Ahsoka so that he can be trained. Meeting him back at his ship, Ahsoka tells Din that she cannot train Grogu. The attachment he has to Din is far too strong. Mando tells him that a deal is a deal, and she is altering the deal. But she tells him there is another way. She tells Din to go to Titan. There he will find the ancient ruins of a temple that is strong in the Force. Place Grogu atop the mountain on the Seeing Stone, so that Grogu may choose his path. If he reaches out in the Force, a Jedi will sense his presence and maybe come looking for him. Now, in my opinion, this Jedi, as soon as she said that, is Luke. Skywalker. I really think that's gonna happen. I really want that to happen. I think Luke's gonna come back de-aged after Return of the Jedi, and at this point he's getting ready to start building his new Jedi Temple of Jedi students. And I think Grogu will reach back out to Luke, to which the connection will then be broken by the interference and arrival of Moff Gideon, dun dun dun, who has tracked Mando to Titan and unleashes the dark troopers upon him and Grogu. I believe then he will best Din kidnap Grogu to kill him for his blood where Luke Skywalker will come into the scene somehow to help Din get the child. And boom, end of season two. Now Tython is an old legends planet that housed the first Jedi temple in existence. This is the original planet where the force was discovered. Tython has a super rich history in legends. It's been around for over 35,000 years before the battle of Yavin, or another way of saying before episode four. It's also been implemented into canon as well, but in the Dr. Aphra novels where she took Vader there. It was just like a super little small piece. But anyways, in Legends, there's a lot more info in there. Simply put, to really just give you a rundown, Tython was first discovered by the Gree, and then by the Qua. The Qua eventually brought people over on their ships from dozens of different species, who over time learned to harness the planet's force and established the first Jedi Order. This is different from the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order were the first of the first. The planet was circled by its two moons, Ashla, and Bogan, and you may recognize this from Clone Wars and Rebels, where Ashla was the light side of the Force, and Bogan the Dark. The Titans were the first to believe this way about the Force. The planet was very susceptible to Force energy, and therefore would react with earthquakes and strong storms, depending on the level of energy there. It was also mentioned in the Darth Bane novel, The Rule of Two. I'm going to create a whole video on Titan itself, but as for now, let me know what you guys think about this episode, it was absolutely mind-blowing, and I can really see season 2 ending on a massive cliffhanger, with Din finding Luke to go and retrieve the child from Moff Gideon and Thrawn. Let me know how you think the child was saved, let me know what path you think Grogu will choose, will he choose the path of the Jedi, or will he choose to become a Mandalorian, or maybe something in between. A Force-using Mandalorian. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for checking this video out, and I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always.